What is up? You're listening to the 3 and D pod. This is a podcast on the Grizzly Bear Blues Network of Podcast. Uh, you can check us out along with the starting five, the core four, the long view, and GBB Live. Make sure you subscribe at all your favorite places to subscribe for podcasts. I'm Justin Lewis. You can find me on Twitter at J underscore Timberfake underscore. You can find the Grizzly Bear Blues Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. Uh, I am without my co-host, Mr. Benjamin B. Hogan tonight because it is a Monday night game, home game, which means he has uh, been at the arena working the game. So I have a guest with me tonight, none other than Mr. Daniel Greer. Daniel, I'm going to let you kind of tell us what all you do because it seems like you do quite a bit. So uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. Let us know where we can find your stuff. Yep. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. So I'm probably not as good as Ben, but <laughs> I'm going to hang out for a little bit. But yeah, you can find me. I'm with the Lead Sports Media. Uh, I do the Grizzlies uh, podcast, which we started new this year, which is uh, is the Grizz 901 podcast. Uh, I write a little bit for Grizz Lead, and that's at Grizz underscore lead. But you can find me at Daniel Greer pretty easily on Twitter. But but yeah, we have a lot of things uh, that are good over at the Lead Sports Media but I'm trying to dabble my way into Grizzly stuff only. It makes my okay. life easy. All right. Are you, are you a Memphis native? Yep. Been here my whole life. Grew up in Frazier. So um, okay. I am far from Frazier now, but that's where <laughs> I was for the first 15 years of my life. I hear you. All right. Well, let's, uh, we are coming to you right at the end. Like I think it just ended uh, the Grizzlies Rockets game. Um, I, I'm going to throw this caveat out there. Tell me if I'm crazy. I'm not all that impressed with um, a win over the Rockets. This is what you should have done to New Orleans on Saturday night. This is what you're supposed to do to this Houston team as well. Um, what are some takeaways for you uh, watching this this blowout of a very young and very bad Rockets team? Yeah, so this kind of game is so tough, especially when you're a coach. Like you're trying to get your your players up. It's, it's very, it's a tough game to get your guys up for. So the fact that they came out and showed out from the tip is big for me because these players on our team are just as young as these Rockets players. So they could have easily just kind of coasted and said, you know what, we're going to be uh, better than you. You know, you haven't won many games. You won one game, which they did the exact same thing to the Pelicans. So um, yeah, I'm impressed just for them showing up. And my number one thing is Jaron Jackson Jr. He finally learned that he may or may not be seven foot nine, who knows, um, and that he's bigger than everybody else and his arms go up taller than everyone else's. And maybe, just maybe, he can score on the little guys. So as Brevin Knight calls it, the mouse in the house. So he did that a few times tonight. So finally, maybe he's figuring it out. Yeah, him, him um, on the fast break instead of, floating maybe to the three-point line, running to the front of the rim, no matter who was on him. And then when he had the mismatch, the guys found him, number one. Uh, but number two, like, he called for it. Like, he he put the guy on, on his back yeah. and said, give me the ball. Um, so that's that's good. I, I would say I think the defensive intensity was picked up in this game. Yeah. Um, I, I think I counted 14 steals, um, which is an insane number. I mean, the Rockets are going to turn the ball over. They got so many inexperienced guys. Um, you know, the Grizzlies are young, but they're a cohesive group. They've been together. Um, you know, they're only really introducing Zaire and Steven Adams to the group. And, you know, Adams is, is a long, long time, you know, vet. 
Um, how much of an impact do you think Dylan Brooks' return is going to have on the defense? Or do you think it's something more foundational than just him being out? Well, what I saw tonight was, uh, and, I, and I've talked about this many a times over Twitter, but also on our podcast, is the show and, you know, show and not go. And a lot of times these Grizzlies, you know, when a guy gets kind of beat or there's, you know, movement into the lane uh, by the offensive player, we like to just leave our guy and double team, which is a complete go, a complete double team, a complete trap. And there's an easy kick out to an open three point shooter. Well, tonight, I, and I don't know if it's more Dylan being on the team to where everybody feels a little bit more comfortable staying in front of your man or Dylan's guarding the best player. So he's able to stay in front of their, their best player better, but we did a better job of maybe just giving a little bit of help defense and showing, Hey, I'm here if you need me, but I'm not going to completely leave my guy wide open unless you're just break away to the front of the rim. So um, I think Dylan has a big impact on that, but overall, I don't know if we can see that just yet because the games that he's been there, we haven't really looked good until tonight. So uh, I don't know if it's fair to say yet, because really, I think we could have put anybody out there tonight and we would have defended well. Yeah. So I think what's frustrating for me is like a basketball coach. You, you just don't help off shooters. Like right. if, if you know right. that the person you're guarding is a knockdown shooter, you, you can't take three steps away from your player. Yeah, you've got to show the help. You, you've right. got to take that step towards and help um, to try to discourage the player from continuing that drive. Um, but to just all out run after the player and leave your guy is has been wild to see. I, I think Dylan is one of the better ones that we have navigating screens. Um, right. And I think some of the other guys, Bain is still learning how to do that. Jaw is still learning how to do that. Um, I, I can't say this. Brooks frustrated the crap out of Kevin Porter Jr. tonight. Never yep. let him get into a rhythm. Um, and that's just – that's what he's good at. Um, so, I, I think – I think you nailed it. There's too much help going on. Um, right. And and, the, and I think it goes back to – this has kind of been like a Grizzlies philosophy for years is they kind of pre-rotate. Um, yeah. And I think when you've got a new anchor in Steven Adams back there or a young anchor in Jaron Jackson when he's a five – um, it, it takes some time for the unit to move uh, all at once because yeah. something that we teach is when the ball moves, all five players on defense should be moving in the same direction. Right. Um, and with, with all the communication that has to take place on the screens, I mean, they're they're putting ja, – just like they did Ja and Jonas, they're putting Ja and Steven Adams in the pick and roll, and a lot of teams are shredding it. Yep. Um, and so I think that's something that they're just going to work through and figure out. Uh, I don't know if that means, you know – using Steven Adams as a contract piece to move later and let Jaron take over as a five at some point or, um, or, or, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, something on that Steven Adams deal. So what I saw tonight, he was up on uh, green a lot. That was actually um, had the ball at the three point line and he was switched off on him and it wasn't a pick and roll. It was just a straight switch. He was able to stay in front of him without help enough to disrupt any kind of easy shots. What it, I don't know if you looked and paid attention, but Jonas Valanciunas, even if he did do the drop, which Taylor Jenkins likes to do, he would drop to the free throw line, pick up the guy, and go with him to the rim. Okay, Stephen Adams gets to the free throw line and then takes two steps back as they start coming, 
So before he even touches him or approaches him, he's already two steps into the paint, which that's why they're killing him on floaters and getting right by him. So he's kind of in the middle. They need to almost teach him you have to hold at the free throw line and make them go around you, which should potentially get help from guys like Bain, Melton, Jaron, to get that easy you know, block instead of just retreating so much because it's not working. So I think there's little details, but Jonas did a very good job, even though Jonas was not as good of a defender, supposedly, maybe, maybe not. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a Jonas guy, and he was beaten up a lot, and I think that he did a really, really good job, and I think he's still doing a really good job down in New Orleans. So, uh, You know, I, I'm, I was a huge Jonas guy. Um, I, you know, and it, maybe it's not his fault at all the drop coverage. You know, if that's what exactly. Jenkins is telling him to do, you know, yep. that's, that's what he's got to do. But I think if you're Jenkins, you got to tell him to drop because if he, you know, hedges or do anything like that, like, we're screwed. No, um, he's toast. Yeah. So, and, and I think – you hit on it well if if adam stays up and his guys doesn't roll there's and i don't think houston really had a roll guy they got more you know the guys mm-hmm. that pop if adam stays up and then the guy that's on the the weak side pre-rotates to help adams when he gets beat right. then morant or whoever's at the top that gets screened off has to go and pick up whoever came off the weak side and help and that's the rotation that should take place um and they're just not there yet yeah um again Jenkins is young as well yes. as the team. Um, Jenkins is barely older than me. He's younger than I am. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's crazy. Um, right. But the, I think the positive takeaway is the activity was there. They were clearly locked in because um, you couldn't go and lose to two straight one win teams. Um, it just, you, you couldn't, couldn't do it. Um, yeah. And that, you know, I'm looking at the stats right now on the screen the Grizzlies went 16 of 41. They let it fly. Like they were yep. shooting some threes tonight and they were falling. And it's crazy what happens when shots fall. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I think the offense looked good. Uh, they were able to get out and run because of the turnover. That's what they're going to be. That's what's going to make them successful. Yep. Getting out and running on the turnovers, creating the havoc on defense. And because the defense hasn't been good, they've been stuck in half court sets. Whereas last year you're stuck in a half court set with Valanchunas and yep. you needed a bucket, you could give it to him. He'd go get you the bucket. You're not getting that with Stephen Adams. Yep. Well, the training wheels are gone with, with Jonas being gone. But what they did tonight is they went into Stephen Adams more than they had been. And I know he had four assists in the last game. And you look at this, and he has four assists again. It's The Pelicans game and the Houston game was completely night and day. They went into Adams kind of early and let him really facilitate the defense or the offense a little bit more and what that does is that moves jaw off of the ball, which kind of helps, you know, give him a breather here and there. But it, what that also does, that gets Bain more involved because then he has to cut. There's more screens. There's more action happening than just jaw dribbling, somebody screening. And then if jaw doesn't have it, he kicks out to potentially an open three. So I like that they're going into Adams more because what that does is that creates movement on the offense. And I think that maybe they're figuring it out. Yeah, what I love about Adams is he played 21 minutes. He was plus 21. Wow. And he scored two points. Right, he had right. that big of an impact just just scoring two points. He shot the ball one time. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like having a guy that can be there for the, you know, pick and roll if we need him to be there for that. Um, but he's fine playing out of that high post and the elbow facilitating, um, you know, the dribble handoffs that we can run the backdoor cuts. 
Um, somebody said it on Twitter. It might have been Parker Fleming that Brooks is going to eat when him and Adams get that chemistry with you know Brooks hitting those backdoor yep. cuts and and Adams hitting them on it. So I, I I enjoy how they're using him. And it all, I mean honestly, I think it still comes down to to Jaron. If Jaron yep. can get going, I think everything's going to be okay. Yeah, well, Jaron likes to a lot of times rush that three point shot, and I don't know if he realizes this. Is you know they call him unicorns. He's a tall guy. He can shoot. There's nobody blocking him. He can well, shoot whenever he wants. But his release point is kind of low. Well, yes, but who's guarding him out there all up on him, right? Not LeBron. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> nobody is really guarding him because he's not going to win you. He's not going to win the game for the Grizzlies ever. Okay. Very rarely. Maybe when he hits, he knocks down nine three pointers. But realistically, you're staying off him a little bit. But if he would just take it into rhythm and find, you know, hey, when can I go ahead and get one, maybe one and a half dribbles if need be to get into the paint with how long the strides are, he can take a dribble, maybe two dribbles and be at the front of the rim easily. So I think that he needs to just kind of let the game kind of come to him more instead of forcing. But I do like that he is still taking the shots because that's what we need this year. This year is in the end of the day. It's a it's a good year to get a lot of experience, and we have to have people like Jaron finally step up. And I think he's he's learning to. It's just it's going to have you know the roller coaster effect, the highs and the lows. Again, the point of getting rid of Valanciunas was yes, Jaron getting these opportunities to do these kind of things. I think another big stat here um, looks like about forty three points off the bench from our regular bench guys. That's not counting our garbage minutes there at the end. You know, Anderson with fifteen. Clark had 12, you know, good for Clark coming back and, and yeah. earning that spot in the rotation. Zaire had three, um, Melton with five, and, and Tyus with eight. The one thing I hate about Brooks coming back, besides the fact that I'm just not the biggest Brooks fan, is the limited time that DeAnthony Melton's seeing. Um, because I looked at a stat the other day, the Grizzlies win like three-fourths of the games that Melton plays 28 minutes or more. Like – he just – he just you know, Brevin calls him Mr. Do-something because right. he just makes stuff happen. Yeah. Um, so, I, I still hate that he's he's limited. But you like uh, having Bain out there with uh, Morant and his ability to, to spread the floor. And uh, he he's still somewhat in a shooting slump with that. He went one for five tonight. Um, so, that, you know, that sucks. But tell me, tell me your thoughts on uh, Zaire and him getting – uh, these big, really big bench minutes for right. a, a rookie on a team that's trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, so I like Zaire, and I was down on him bad initially when they drafted him just because I didn't think, uh, from what I saw on tape, he could be really the next guy. He could be their number three, and that's really if you're drafting somebody in the top ten, you're hoping he can be your third option potentially. Uh, he can be eventually, but right now he's not it. But I'm very impressed as of now. Uh, my co-host actually thought that maybe game, you know, 50, you know, a little over halfway through the year, if Bain just isn't knocking down the three-point shot like he had been, and he's struggling still that late into the year, maybe you slide Zaire into the starting unit, which then gives you Bain, Melton, and Tyus all right there with the help of Kyle Anderson, who is the vet alongside Tyus. And then you have Clark or X, depending on what you need. 
that bench unit could be deadly. Now that's a regular season bench unit. I don't know if that is good for playoff basketball, having Zaire run those, you know, important minutes, but in the end of the day, does it matter who starts? It, it really necessarily it doesn't. doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Because if you look, the, the sixth man now has turned into Kyle Anderson. He's coming to get Jaron first off the bench. Kyle Anderson isn't a sixth man of the year, right? But he's very important to the way this team goes because he's bringing that veteran leadership, that defensive-minded style, and I like that. But to answer your question, I, I do like Zaire. I don't know if he'll be a starter this year. Shout out, Ryan. I think you're wrong. But um, I, I do believe that uh, he definitely has the upside to – you know, knock down two threes a game. And that's big coming off the bench. I, I do find that interesting because um, I, I don't think that putting Zaire in the starting lineup over Bain would be a downgrade defensively. Um, just just for the freaking length that Zaire um, uh, has. Right. And they both are secondary playmaker types. Um, yep. Zaire probably has the potential to rebound a little better. Uh, just because of his length, uh, his he's going to be more active in the passing lanes, and he's shown that early already. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't hate that. Um, I don't like you said. It's, you can't do that in the playoffs. Um, no, no. You, you, you can't have uh, Zaire Garden LeBron to start the game, which of course Dylan would be doing that. But um, yeah. the point stands yeah. that you, you'd probably rather have Bain or, or Melton in the starting lineup at that point. Um, but it seems like. Jenkins is pretty set on Melton being a bench guy. Um, yeah. But is it not is. like more the, the the Blazers style of basketball where they just can't figure it out defensively because they have two small guards? When you have Melton, I know he's Mr. Do something, right? He's Mr. Do everything. But is he just too small next to Ja? That's been my, you know, argument this whole time is I like Melton. He's a great bench player bench roll guy you know and he's very important as the glue guy to your team such as kyle anderson but being the starting two i don't know if that is really the recipe for success in my opinion so i i don't i don't know if you can be wrong or right in that argument either way but i just don't know if he is big enough next to jaw i think jaw needs somebody like zaire size the reason they drafted him to put him next to you know jaw to give him a little link just in case you need, you know, better switching or, you know, better matchups on defense. Yeah, you've got Bain, who's what, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. you got Dylan Brooks, who's 6'7". Um, and then Zaire, um, was he 6'8"? Yeah, 6'8 or 6'9". Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm I'm either not convinced that Dylan Brooks is 6'7", or I'm not convinced that John Moran is 6'3". Uh, because He's I went to – 6'3". Because I went to a preseason game, and those two are – very close together in height. Yeah. Um, so either Dylan's shorter than he's being listed or jaw has grown. Um, because I, I'm sitting there looking at my, I'm like, I look at my wife and say, is jaw wearing lifts? Like, does he have some like extra inches in his tennis shoes tonight? Because he's dang near looking Dylan Brooks in the eye. Um, yeah. from what I saw, but yeah, I, I agree. The small backcourt's a problem. Um, and that's why those minutes in the past with Tyus and jaw on the floor together, have not been good because neither one of them are great defensively and they're small. Right. Um, at least Melton's great defensively. Exactly. Uh, so his size, you know, he can make up for it with that, but yeah. Um, so coming up, we've got the Clippers at home and then I believe we're on the road against, uh, I just had it pulled up. Yep. Timberwolves on the road Saturday night. 
Timberwolves on the road Saturday night. So uh, you would you would hope that you take another one from the Timberwolves who are uh, reeling. Uh, I don't I don't see one of D'Angelo Russell or, or Carl Anthony Towns staying on that team throughout the season. I think right. one's gone for sure. Um, and then the Clippers just lost after a seven-game winning streak. Paul George playing like an MVP. Um, I was big down on them. And if they continue to play like this, I will be wrong. And <laughs> um, that's okay. Uh, do, what do you think? Do you think this has some some positive momentum heading into another home game on Thursday? Yeah. So losing to the Clippers, it's not a bad thing, right? If you can come out of this eight and eight, uh, picking up one of these wins, you're in a you're still in a good spot. I, I know Grizz Twitter is going to be on fire, and they'll probably with pitchforks outside Taylor Jenkins's house. But um, the Clippers are a very good team, and the and the simple fact that they do a lot of the things that you have to do to win, and that shoot good, play good defensively, and just not beat yourself. And that's really what they do. Um, the reason that the Grizzlies won against the Clippers is they shot well, and Ja was playing, you know, really really good at that time. Ja's kind of taken a step back since then. So I'm curious how he comes out, but I think that that game's going to go as jaw does. And then as our shooting goes. So if for some reason Bain can start shooting better from deep and even Dylan Brooks can shoot better from deep. I think we have a, a really good chance. I, I always think we have a good chance. If we have John, our team, but I, I think that that game's really going to come down to our shooting. If we're just, if we're not above 40% shooting, I, I'm afraid we're going to take the L on that game. Yeah, and you see, I think this is just one of those those teams that we just match up well against. Right. Um, who on that team is going to guard Jaron? Number one, yeah. we can throw Dylan out at Paul George this time around. Yeah, they also have two small guards in Bledsoe and Reggie Jackson. So I, I think this is just one of those teams where you know the Grizzlies might just own this year just because of uh, the matchups are kind of in our favor. Uh, right. But, you know, who knows? You, you would hope that we come out early. Uh, we don't get behind in the first quarter like we normally, you know, have been here recently. Um, kind of punch them in the mouth and try to put it away early. Don't let them hang around. Uh, and then you you'd honestly, you know, we want to do the same thing again Saturday uh, against Minnesota because you got another tough one coming on Monday in Utah. And then Toronto is no joke. Um, the Grizzlies have had the second hardest schedule to start the season. Right. And they're at 500. I mean – like you said, Grizz Twitter uh, tends to overreact at times, uh, and and poor Joe Molinax is trying to captain the ship of uh, reason, and Keep people just steady, don't want to hear it, man. <laughs> if I if I told you at the end of the year that we're eight games above five hundred, would you be good with that and feel comfortable in whatever place that that gave you? Absolutely, in the absolutely. Okay. Eight games, right? Eight. Yes. That's just it. That's it. Yeah. Like, it's like, so I played baseball in college. And so I know the, you know, how important those, you know, little games are and pretty much you're staying 500 throughout the year. Basketball is very similar the same way in the NBA mainly. And if you can just win the games you're supposed to, and don't lose those stupid games, even though it's going to happen, you're going to catch yourself three, four five games, you know, over 500 midway through the year. And that's when you can get up to, you know, eight to 10 games above 500. And the end of the day, that's a very successful season. So it, yeah. it's eight games, people. Eight. Eight games. Eight games above 500 eight. may find you in the sixth seed. Because the West it is going to be – it's the West is seems to be a little down, and, and they're going to beat up on each other. Uh, I think yeah. winning the games that we have early against some of the teams that we've won against are huge. 
um, because when we get down to the stretch where we've been playing 500 the whole way and you, you want to go on a little run and get, you know, four or five games above 500, you're going to catch other teams with injuries. You're going to catch other teams down the line resting players. Uh, so winning these ones early against teams that are, you know, still trying to figure themselves out, I think we're, we're big time wins. Uh, now we just got to stop losing the ones that we, we shouldn't be losing. Right. Like the, uh, the freaking new Orleans Pelicans. That made me so mad. I was actually out at dinner. And I tried not to watch the game. I did on my phone. Don't tell my wife. She might, she may or may not have caught me. Oh, she but, knew. Come on. Yeah, she knew. She hundred percent knew. <laughs> but it was just one of those things like, you've got to be kidding. Like why, why lose to them of all people? Like I would rather lose to Houston and won that Pelicans game. And all did you honesty. not know that it was coming? Like I it, knew it was coming. <laughs> I was hoping it was. Yeah. <laughs> so this tonight was the first, uh, Grizzlies action I've watched since the first half of Friday night's game. Okay. Friday, Friday night's blowout. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go watch Team USA in Mexico. Um, you know, go USA. Yeah. Good win. Two, the 2 0 win. Uh, Dose Zero. Um, and then Saturday, I just chose to watch the Ole Miss game. And then the Grizzlies score kept popping up on the bottom line. I was like, I'm not wasting my time watching this, this just monstrosity. Uh, and then tonight, you know, I was like, the Rockets are terrible. I want to see Jalen Green play. Um, I like Josh Christopher, too. He should be a Grizzly. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I agree with you. A split the rest of the week would be good. You're you're sitting at 8-8. Eight at eight. Um, in the standings right now, you would be, uh, let's see, at 7-7, seven seven, you're still the 8 seed. Um, yeah. And if you, if you split, you're still going to be the 8 seed at worst. Um, you put yourself closer to the Clippers. If you can, if you can knock them off, Timberwolves are four and eight. I mean, it's, I mean, I think, I think all the teams that are below Memphis right now are going to be below Memphis the rest of the season. The Kings, the Blazers, the Thunder, the Wolves, the Spurs, Pelicans, and Rockets. Like, I don't think they're any of them are really that good. Yeah, I, I feel, I feel good about this team for the simple fact that you know, outside of a jaw injury, and you know, knock on wood, obviously you don't want that to happen, but outside of that. I feel confident that this team chemistry wise and, you know, led by a very good front office is heading the right direction this year and years to come because those other franchise that, you know, you're looking at the Kings, they're obviously talking about firing their coach again. Um, you want to talk about the Pelicans having issues just, you know, all around there, there's teams that you you're glad you're not. And, you know, at, and the very important thing for me is I always love having a good front office, but a bunch of good guys that you can cheer for. And the other day, that's what we have. So I think they're going to be fine. Okay. Everybody just relax. I think Aaron Rodgers said it. I know he's not the best guy to be talking about right now, maybe, but he said, relax. Right. So everybody just relax. It's, it's going to be a good year, no matter what. And it's going to be fun. Yeah. Just like you said, you could be a Pelicans fan. And just be in, in like purgatory hell right? as a fan because your GM sold your best player to LeBron so LeBron can win on the title. Yeah. Uh, you could be, uh, you know, a sack fan, like you said, who just wants to draft all the power forwards and <laughs> and, and never develop and, and get any better. Like, it, it, it could definitely be way worse. We have a phenomenal situation. Uh, we have a superstar as a point guard who has embodied the city and wants to be here and is going to be here for a long time. Um, just 
just relax like you said yeah. like just it's gonna be fine yeah. and it's funny because the last episode we put out two weeks ago was was called everything's gonna be all right right and then we got smacked by 30 the, the next <laughs> night okay uh, maybe not that night but, you know <laughs> coming up we're gonna be okay yeah I, and i think you're right you're gonna look up at the end of the season we're still gonna be in the playoffs and all yeah. this this emotional energy that people are wasting over these early season blowouts as the second youngest team in the NBA, right? It's just it's just ridiculous. Like I've I have learned, I'll tell you when I learned. I learned when Memphis beat Ole Miss the first time, the year that we beat Alabama, and I watched my dad act a fool because of it. And I just I just at that moment I was like, you know what? I am not going to let a loss just right. control the way that I feel. Because I like I took a girl to a Ole Miss Vanderbilt game and we lost a freaking Vanderbilt. And I didn't talk the entire walk to the car or the entire ride home. And I can look on, look back on it now. I'm like, that's, that's just ridiculous. Like it, it's, there's no reason to use that much energy on, on a loss of a sporting event. Yeah. Um, and so just chill out Grizz fans, just be patient. Second youngest team, a young head coach and heck your GM is young too. Like yeah, he's barely even older than, than, than I am. So yeah. It's it's gonna be fine. Yep. Now that's I think when um to hit on that uh and congrats to you and, and the wife for uh being you're now a girl dad. Yes. I, I'm I'm a dad of two girls. My life changed when I had kids, when I had girls, because then you realize it's not that big of a deal. It's no, not. It's not. And I and and I don't want to be the guy on the high horse because I am the guy who is I take stuff to heart. I'm like, man, that that pisses me off. Like kind of you know, I get it. But you wake up but, the next day and you're fine exactly yeah. and so i'm not saying that you shouldn't be mad or upset yes but that's when it hit me in life and so um when you become a dad you know stuff like that little things like that go away but it's so cool and i'm glad you know for y'all because it's it's one of those things that people tell you when you become a father it changes your outlook outlook on everything changes you never thought you could love a kid that doesn't talk yet, that might not even like you, which my kid didn't like me for four months, which oh. now she loves me. But um, yes, you, you realize like, you know what? Those are the those are the little things. And so when I look at that and I also look at like a good team that the Grizzlies have, those are the little things like you don't, you know, not every sport, not everything in life is is as good as we got it. And I always try to remember, like, we got it good right now. Like, we might not win championships, and that's okay. We could suck. We could be in Vancouver and lost our team. Like, we could be there. So I'm, I'm always, I always try to count my blessings because it's a lot of fun, and I'm going to enjoy the ride. That's, that's what it is. Enjoy the ride. You know, championships are the goal, but how many teams, you know, how many cities get to have superstars? And we finally right. have one. Yep. Um, you know, and it, and it seems like less and less of a chance that we're, we're the team that's going to Seattle. Um, it, right, you know, right. it's like, you know, we're, we're here in Memphis. Um, Daniel, this has been some good stuff. Anything you want to throw out there before we, we wrap it up? No, uh, not much. Uh, but do go check out, uh, we have a podcast network. Uh, we cover all of the NBA. So if you are a big NBA fan, go check out the leads podcast network. Uh, we have six shows on uh, a week which is uh, Monday is my, my, one of my shows, uh, free basketball. We're on Monday through Saturday. And on Saturday, we covered two sports. It's mainly NFL and NBA. Uh, Chris does a great job. His voice is velvety. 
gorgeous all right like it, it's just it's it's amazing i wish i had it i sound terrible <laughs> which is fine i can i've dealt with it now but he sounds amazing so go check that out uh and if you uh get tired of hearing this or you just want to catch another grizzlies podcast we'll be your we'll be your b we'll be your one b we're fine with that go check out grizz 901 so let me ask you this when you edit the podcast do you how, how long do you allow yourself to listen to your voice I always listen to it now, but I hated it in the past. Um, but I, I will listen to it now. I'll put myself through it just because I want to try to critique myself. So I used to hate it, though. But now I'm just like, whatever. I sound stupid, but whatever. Yeah, I, I hate my voice. And you know, <laughs> I, I've got some, some preaching podcasts that are out there, too. And you know, I, those are the ones I listen to to critique. Like, right. I, I want to make, you know, hear... Um, how I'm delivering the message and doing those kind of things. But I find myself with the Grizzlies podcast, unless it's just like a really fun episode. Yeah. Like the, I had Bobby Marks on for an episode and I was like, all right, I, I want to go listen to this again. Or when Hassel Time's on, like I, I love, you know, going back and hearing because he, yeah. he always drops some gems that you, mm -hmm. that you catch later. Um, but I, most of the time I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't want to listen to this deep monotone voice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd rather not, but yeah, no, make sure you, you sound good though. Uh, and, and I'll give myself a, another cheap plug. We will have uh, Eric Hasseltine and uh, Jessica Benson on our next upcoming shows. Um, I think it's going to be Monday, maybe middle of the week next week. So uh, we have them lined up. So uh, that reminded me. So uh, two, two phenomenal that. guests. Um, right. Y'all make sure y'all check them out when they come on. We just had Jessica on, uh, I think, two episodes good. ago. Yep. Um, John Roser. Yeah. That was, that was a party. That was good. Was. <laughs> um, and yeah, shout out to Eric. Eric actually got me hooked up with a job at the radio station. Uh, he's been a, a friend for years um, and he's the best in the business. So uh, when they, when they drop that episode, make sure y'all check it out. Follow him on Twitter. Um, yeah. Grizz win. Daniel, this was awesome. I appreciate yep. it. Uh, make sure y'all check out the other podcasts on our network as well. Uh, the three and D podcast is us. You get the starting five that comes out on Mondays, the core four on Wednesdays, uh, GBB live with Joe Molinax on Thursdays and the long view with Parker Fleming on Friday for Daniel. I'm Justin. This has been another episode of the three and D pod.